it's 12 o'clock, so Paul, uh, we're going to let you take over and then we're going to uh, check with our producer as I'm getting, uh, uh, I think Michael is getting on. So Paul, it's on to you. Uh, thank you, Francisca. It's wonderful to be back. What a great uh, uh, group of uh, sessions this morning too. Uh, it It's like, uh, going through a toy store, looking at everything you have uh, lined up today. So thank you very much. And uh, this is a particularly exciting day. I, I hope everyone watching us and we'll see the recorded versions of this appreciates the, uh, uh, the talent and passion we're gonna see in this group. I also would like to, uh, I'm proud of the fact that uh, I count every one of these men as friends uh, and people I respect immensely and I enjoy the company of. Whenever I, I see them, I, I, I think we, we share a common spirit, a love for the sport and passion for doing uh, the best possible job uh, that can be done. And uh, they're surrounded by great teams. And I hope we get to talk about that a little bit today. But I want to say that road racing has been the heart of my passion uh, for a very, very long time. And uh, the things attendant to road racing that are close cousins like autocrossing and time trials, those other things I have great affection for as well. Uh, there's a cultural a vibe about everything we're gonna talk about here today, historic racings where I've dabbled in the last uh, couple of decades and that's really how I got to know uh, one of our guests. So uh, I'll begin the rundown here of this, uh, this gang of four. Um, and uh, I, I think that uh, uh, I have to start with somebody who's walked about a thousand miles in my shoes, and that is Greg Gill. Uh, Greg was the publisher at Racer uh, during the time uh, me and my partners didn't own the company, and he kept it alive through a, a very difficult period, a recession, and some very difficult outcomes. Greg Gill, who is the president of SRO Motorsports America, uh, and uh, hi, Greg. Hey, Paul, how are you? Great. It's great to see you, my friend. Well, I think you have to realize that, you know, although Tony claims to be a poplar among giant redwoods, <laughs> reality, the, the, the reality is, is Tony is more like, you know, those really old Joshua trees, you know, like, like they, you know, they have them out, they, they don't even know. I mean, like people and, and John and I and, and Mike, we're just like little saplings by comparison. <laughs> I, I have to say, when you look at this group, I mean, uh, Paul, there's no way I could ever fill your shoes. And as I always tell people, I'm kind of like president of the uh, fan club for you, at least the one here in Austin. Uh, and the same way goes for, for Tony, Mike, and John. Uh, I've, I've been privileged to ride and coach far behind Tony in airplanes. Uh, and John, <laughs> I've, known, uh, I've known John since the days of Mazda and always admired. And then meeting Mike recently in the SCCA, just been a real pleasure. So we're you know honored to be able to join this great panel today. Well, thank you. And, and I, uh, I also uh, uh, have to say, uh, uh, Greg, you know, we, you know my passion for uh, uh, what you do in your series. It was the first series we ever put our name against, really, uh, was World Challenge and uh, mm -hmm. have a long history dating back with it. And, you know, you went into a new era here uh, uh, a little over a year and a half ago uh, with yep. SRO. So we'll talk about that a little later. And I'm very interested to see your take on it. Um, uh, I, I'd like to bounce over now to uh, my friend, Tony Perella, who's wearing multiple hats. Uh, hello, Tony. Good to see you, Paul. And no, uh, I do feel like a poplar next to all these legends, but. Uh, I, I just think uh, your wisdom and your passion is inspiring, Tony. And I've, I, I got to know you, uh, I think during the first Brickyard Invitational at Indy. 
Um, and I always remember that uh, we didn't get along at first. We, we, uh, we were pretty headstrong with each other and we got to know each other and, and respect each other. And uh, your passion is, uh, is just uh, impressive to me. When you put your mind to things, things happen. And uh, before we go into the, the things you do, uh, can you share your background really quickly and what you did before you did this? Sure. Um, I cut my teeth in business and telecommunications and over the years worked for started two separate companies to compete against the Bell operating companies that I took public. Both of them uh, got over a billion dollars in revenue from able. So we had some success in the market. And uh, I bought a company out of bankruptcy that serviced fixed phone systems and that was a real fun journey. I sold that company and most folks know them through their sponsorship or on this call. Um, but you know, nowhere in that 30 plus year history did anybody really call me up and say, God, I love my phone. It was <laughs> business that I focused on the people uh, and the employees and the customers, but to say I was passionate about the technology, honestly, I wasn't. And when, when the last run was over, and that I really cared about, and uh, so I bought this small lifestyle business called SVRA and thought I would be racing every weekend like a rock star. And but nonetheless, uh, it's been it's been an amazing journey. We uh, we have evolved a long way since 2012, and I yeah, still yeah. feel like we're started. That's the cool part of this. Well, it uh, it's impressive what you've done, and it's impressive how you've expanded the business and uh, the vision you have. And I we're going to get into that a little bit later, but it's a pleasure to know you and count you as a friend. And uh, and on the subject of friends, uh, my dear friend John Duden. How the hell are you? <laughs> I am doing well. Pleasure to be with you, Paul. Congrats to Racer and Epart Trade for what you're doing. But I just want to be clear. I'm nothing but a bonsai tree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no grasshopper. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, John, you, uh, we got to know each other during your time uh, uh working as motorsports director at Mazda and you achieved success at all levels of the sport, basically. And from the grassroots, which Mazda dominates in, in American road racing and enthusiast culture up to the top in, in IMSA. And now uh, you succeeded my, my other uh, really close friend, uh, Scott Atherton in, in this role and couldn't think of a better person uh, for this. And uh, we're going to talk about what uh, this first, year was like for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm sure it's not what you expected. Um, but well, I've teased, uh, uh, I've teased uh, Jim France and Ed Bennett quite often that in all the discussions about the new role, none of them mentioned a global pandemic uh, as part of that. So, um, but hey, we made it and, you know, congratulations to Tony, to Greg, to Mike Cobb, uh, you know, secretly on the weekends when we're not racing. I'm usually on my phone watching streaming of all their, their races. So um, yeah. once a, once a racer, always a racer. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think that, you know, with, uh, you know, I want to share with everyone too, that <laughs> John and I, uh, we, we share a passion for model cars. Uh, so um, 
uh, and it's not a small time thing. Uh, between us, we probably have a thousand. <laughs> At <laughs> I <would> least. Say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully there's a cure for that eventually. But uh, it's great to see you, John. And then uh, uh, I want to uh, bring in, uh, introduce my, my friend, Mike Cobb, who's the president of uh, Sports Car Club of America. Hello, Mike. Hey, team. How are we doing today? That's great. Great to see you, Mike. Um, Thank you. Pleasure to be about, here. You're about to be run over by a screaming pack of spec racers. Well, you know, I had to make an obligatory plug for one of the best uh, classes we've got in Sports Car Club America. That would be SRF3. And I wish I could BS you and tell you that would be me in front, but it's not. <laughs> uh, on that day, that was taken. You can probably see the fall colors in the background. I believe I was working turn five at Love. Yes. Right it's there. It's turn, turn six, right up there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you guys all know your stuff. Well, it also, anytime you point at anything at Road America, it gets me excited. It's one of my favorite places on earth. So, yeah, I love Road America. And it's great to see you, Mike. Um, thank you for having me. Great to be part and of this. I, I also just want to take a personal moment to thank you, Mike, uh, for uh, uh, our continued collaboration on Sports Car Magazine. I think uh, uh, that we're... We're, we're going into our 38th year together uh, in 2021. Uh, and uh, I love the club and I love working with your team. Uh, I think you're doing some great things. And I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the Sports Car Club of America and the people I met uh, who uh, nurtured me and mentored me in the club when I was a young person. And uh, the club exposed the world of motorsports to me. So that's it. So we've got through the, uh, uh, if you don't mind, we'll just rip into some questions here and get a discussion going. Um, uh, this is uh, this is gonna be a little bit like uh, Survivor. We'll see how you all do. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, let's have a little fun. I'm, I, I've just stepped into an elevator uh, wearing my mask. Uh, and of course, you're wearing your mask too. Uh, and I have a, sh and I see a logo on your shirt. And I, I ask you about uh, what you do, and what company you represent. Uh, uh, Mike, you go first. Tell me about that. Well, I absolutely would love to, Paul. Since I've only got ten seconds, um, you know, we believe that life is about creating and living experiences that are worth sharing, and that's what we do for a living. We deliver those experiences through sight, sound, motion, and emotion. But that's not all, Paul, because I know I only have 10 floors to say this, and I just heard the alarm go off. Uh, luckily, I know the uh, person in charge of all the LCDs uh, in, in that <laughs> building. And uh, here's an early adopter right here, just uh -huh. yeah, there we go. reinforcing my message. Uh, yes, indeed. Because, you know, the SECA, we strive to create generational memories. That's really what we're in the business to do. You told a story about how you grew up. John grew up on turn six at Road America. I grew up in the, the passenger seat of a Datsun 2000 Roadster. There's a ton of stories like that. But really, we're in the memory creation and experience delivery business. Oh, indeed. And you've done a good job with me, by the way. Thank you, so sir. So thank you. Thank you, SCCA and all my fellow members. So I appreciate that. All right, Greg Gill, how about you? Bing, bing, we're in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, thank you for noticing that it's it's not SRO, like it says on the logo, it's it's actually SRO, uh, which stands for a guy named Stefan Rattel Organization. And on any given weekend, we race anything from small cars you might recognize, you might call compact cars, right up to some of the most attractive uh, exotic GT cars out there, Ferraris, Bentleys, Acuras, et cetera, BMW, Porsche, just to name a few on any given weekend, it's about 19 different marks and manufacturers yeah. racing 
what folks love about what we do is that we get to have that same thing. You're going to hear that theme from everybody today. We're in the entertainment business. We're in the experience business. But what we love, um, no, it isn't standing room only. Thank God uh, for Dean Case uh, throwing that out there. Uh, but uh, that, Thank you, that is another good initial and acronym for it. But at the end of the day, we're about creating a recognizable automotive experience. And for anybody, and I would say on the panel and those listening, once you've gone at speed around a racetrack, you're hooked. And it's a wonderful experience. And as we all recognize, it's, it becomes a decades long experience. So that's what I do. I also explain it in a little less of a, uh, maybe a serious vein and knowing that Dean Case is listening, I'll say it this way. I'll to ask people, did you see that movie, The Greatest Showman? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm like him. I said, maybe with a little more ethics because uh, that's what we do. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, you do, you put on a great show. And uh, I, uh, I, I also commend you and your team for uh, uh, going to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this year and putting on an excellent event. It was spectacular. Um, and I, I would uh, like to uh, step into the elevator with uh, uh, my friend, Tony Perella. We have 24, 20 floors and an express elevator, Tony, you're on the show. Team, we're an event business. We're a marketing company that kind of combines a focus on racing, but we're every bit of marketing of spectators and businesses connect with our paddock to, to create opportunity. We bundle all that today under the speed tour umbrella, and we have uh, interest in Trans Am Race Company, the professional road race series. We obviously have built uh, SVRA, a pretty sizable vintage racing organization. To manage the FRA and F4 series. When you combine all of those entities, it makes for a pretty competitive end of entertainment. If you're a race yeah. fan of racing, you throw in uh, substantial car shows and you out in streaming and you, it's a pretty decent party. In this environment, you know, in spite of COVID, don't assign people a 21 inch seat we have the flexibility that we're kind of like a drive-in movie as opposed to going to the theater. And that, uh, that do. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tony. And, uh, the door's opened and, uh, your, uh, your very small but able team is waiting outside to, to greet you. Uh, again, I'm very impressed with how hardworking and focused your team is. It's a sign of great leadership, Tony. Um, thank you. Okay, I've stepped in and uh, there's a guy holding a package full of model cars and an IMSA logo on his shirt. Uh, <laughs> I have hard cards for all those other groups too. <laughs> <laughs> but do I get to go all the way down then, Paul, if we're at the Yeah, top? we're going down now. We're going down okay. and, and we're going to go well, back gonna, and unwrap the model cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull the stop button so that we can, we can uh, hold the uh, elevator. But of course, IMSA is the International Motorsports Association. It's where 18 of the top world-class premium automakers come to perform on stage. Uh, the top drivers uh, around the world uh, perform on stage. And our uh, tire partner, Michelin, number one tire brand in the world, comes to showcase their product. You know, Rather than being on stage, we are on uh, the world's most iconic 
rolling hills, uh, road racing circuits. We're on the 200 mile per hour banking at Daytona. We're on uh, even the streets of Long Beach, California, uh, where we visit 16 of the country's top 20 markets uh, with our road racing events, uh, endurance sports car racing events. Uh, of course, IMSA is known for the IMSA WeatherTech Championship, which is the top series. Uh, but we have the Michelin Pilot Championship, and we have um, five other single make championships from Porsche Carrera Cup uh, to Lamborghini Super Trofeo, now MX5 Cup. So we're really proud of the portfolio that we have. Uh, I think uh, for those who haven't been to or, or seen one of our events, it's 24 hours, it's 12 hours, it's six hours uh, at night, it's in the rain, it's in the heat of the day. Um, it's ultimately the biggest test of human and machine uh, yeah. over those long endurance periods. And for me, uh, similar to everyone else, it's where passion, it's where innovation, it's where um, experiments, uh, beauty, uh, sights and sound all come together. I heard the word entertainment and we're certainly in the same business as Greg, Mike and Tony. Um, but I challenge everybody to check us out at IMSA.com. Uh, I know you won't be disappointed and you'll yearn to come to see us at one of our events in 2021. Well, thank you, John. And we're now in, uh, we're now in the parking structure down below. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we can run to the car and take the model cars home. Uh, but thank you for that. And let's move on to, uh, I think, a uh, uh, 2020 in hindsight, with 2020 hindsight. What surprised you, John? I'm going to go right back to you since you're on camera here. Uh, what surprised you the most, good or bad, about this year? And what did you and your team learn that will help you build a better company uh, going forward? I think first and foremost, we learned that our competitors and our audience uh, fully embrace what we're doing. Yeah. Um, our television viewership numbers, uh, we'll, we'll find out here later this week, uh, are, are definitely things to write home about. Uh, but our competitors and our partners fully embraced the situation that we face this year. Um, so I think um, the perseverance of our, our organization and those who participate um, was, a, was a huge positive. Uh, there's no question we found efficiencies in how to operate our events, whether it was less days on the ground, whether it was uh, doing it with less people, which we certainly had to, unfortunately. Um, I also know that uh, without our medical liaisons and uh, their advice, we couldn't have been able to go back and do this in a safe manner. Um, so really proud of how our community, the IMSA family, embraced going back to racing and really proud of our partners because, the, you know, towards the middle part of the year, they found ways to activate, whether it was virtually or ultimately at the last few races on site with a static display and ways to engage with the audience. Um, so I, I, far more positives than, than negatives, Paul, um, I would yeah, say. I, I can say I, that for everybody getting the season in. I think so. And I have to also say it was miraculous how you were able to clear and get the work with your uh, uh, people coming in from outside the country to be able to race here and the proactivity that I saw there, the, you know, uh, uh, it reminded me of what Roger Penske said yesterday about having, you know, a, a kind of an uh, anticipation or anticipatory mindset when you're, you had, I think, 
multiple scenarios and how you're going to pull all this off. Yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, what I did learn is the cell, the cell phone numbers of U.S. Customs and <laughs> yes, I bet you did. <laughs> they've they've been a huge support. And you know, in the end, Mr. France, uh, Bill France, who who started IMSA with with the Bishop family and certainly the France family, had a saying is you know figure it out. And you know, we as a staff just bound together and and like everybody else, we we figured it out. Oh, you, you did and, and, and really did a brilliant job. So congratulations you. to you and the entire IMSA team. And uh, we saw a significant traffic in IMSA this year. The passion of your audience was sustained. And uh, the stuff that uh, you were doing to keep them engaged with esports was impressive. So well done. Well done Appreciate to everybody. Appreciate that. And yeah. only 50 days till we got to move in at the Roar and hey, the Rolex. Well, so. the tires are warm. Don't worry about it. You, <laughs> That's you, right. Yeah, As you, you say, to, you uh, the tires warmed big, up. Uh, biggest restart think, uh, coming up. Yep, absolutely. In a parallel universe, uh, Greg Gill, you, you were dealing with uh, many similar challenges, weren't you? Yes, it was, you know, it was a lot of the same thing, Paul. But I think each of us, and I, I'll be very curious to what Tony and Mike have to say, and also looking at what some of the questions have been asked while we're online here. Uh, but I think what we learned was how small the world was, how all interconnected all of us are. And yeah. the part that, and for those of us who were at St. Pete, when the plug was literally pulled while we were on track, yes. uh, you, I saw firsthand our own staff going, okay, we need to get out of here now. And everybody, including the truck drivers, figured out how to get us off track and out the door to, you know, from a labor cost standpoint, knowing that there wasn't going to be any revenue related to what we had just done. And yet everybody had had to travel there. So it was really difficult. And we started getting a picture of what then happened 90 days later when we asked people, do you want to go back and race again? Oh my gosh, yes, please. This is what I love to do. Can we do this safely? Can we work it so that we're not having what I think people use the term now, pandemic optics, that they are not doing something uh, inappropriate, but on the same token, what we learned to your question is, you know, what did we learn? How small the world is, how interconnected we all are. Uh, John and I kept each other on speed dial. He was too busy most of the time to talk because of how many arrows were coming his way, but we didn't hesitate to text each other, work with each other, get rid of schedule conflicts at great cost to IMSA. They went out of their way to help us, a junior series, to work with them. And, and so we really saw cooperation in the industry right there with media like yourself, Paul. It was, it was real partnership. Tony, uh, you know, John Claggett was calling me with questions. Mike and I didn't talk, but we knew that the SCCA was there in the trenches getting things. We saw the interconnected uh, nature of it. That's what we learned. And again, to the same points John raised, it's a small area. You're gonna to have to work with smaller groups. You're gonna to have to be mindful of this going forward. Those are the lessons we drew from 2020. Well, those are very good lessons. And I appreciate you sharing that because that's one of the things that impressed me most is I, uh, first off my uh, uh, respect for all of you uh, was, was very high to begin with, but I, I was acutely aware, I think of what you were all dealing with. and. And uh, I will tell you, I, I had a real surge of just joy when you went back on track, uh, Greg, and, and with your series. And I have so many friends involved in your series. It was nice, nice to see you guys come out and look so good and do such a good job. So thank you very much for never giving up and never getting discouraged because I know it wasn't easy. <laughs> it's a, it is a team, Paul, and all of us, I'm sure today I'll give credit. Uh, I work with about a dozen just absolutely awesome people from Robbie and 
uh, Jim, uh, it just you know, going going through each of them. Uh, that's what makes it. That's what makes it easy. And I'll make sure on each of the times I speak now to throw two or three more staff members in. Oh, well, that's that's great. And and uh, and I think that uh, you know we'll we'll go right over to Mike Cobb because Mike, uh, you know, I look at the STCA as the glue that holds American motorsport together, and uh, you got walloped right in the middle of your revenue season and right in the busiest part of your year and you know, we're, we're roped to you. And when you fall, we fall. And I was terrified, honestly. Uh, how did you get through it? Well, to be hundred percent transparent, sir, I was terrified as well. Um, you know, we're a, we're a little bit different construct uh, just for um, context for folks who aren't familiar with the sports car club of America and how we're built. We're a nonprofit. We work through 115 regions across North America um, and we put on about 2,500 events a year. Wow. Those are road race events, they're solo events, they're road rally events, they're time trial events, um, they're track night in America events, et cetera, et cetera. And we lost between uh, March and September about 750 events. So that has a pretty dramatic impact in our little business. We, we make money two ways, very simply, uh, through memberships and through events, right? So um, we had to pivot really quick. And um, we're a, a fairly lean organization. Um, and uh, we got a lot leaner on March 26. And, um, you know, one of embedded in one of your core, your core question there was, uh, what did you learn? And um, I'll tell you what I learned. I learned about the heart and soul of this club and how a few committed can make a difference in anything, but certainly in trying to keep this club alive and serve the members and, and the drivers and the volunteers and everybody that we try to serve. Um, I couldn't, I, I mean, it was certainly uh, not a one man band. Um, we had a very small national staff um, March through probably July. We worked pretty much daily to um, update COVID mitigation processes, procedures, et cetera. Just keep in mind that we had to do that for 115 regions, not just for a number of tracks where we were holding events. And so it was, it was, um, it was a huge challenge. But I, I tell you one thing, and I saw this in a, in a chat question. Um, I think it was Dean Case posed a question, what are you guys doing together to, to grow the sport? I can tell you one thing we did together to save the sport, in my humble opinion, this year, and, um, and just talking, you heard Greg and, and John, and you'll hear Tony in a second, share stories about how the motorsports community pulled together and worked together to share best practices and protocols this year, because this was a space and an environment and ecosystem we've never been in before. And yeah. selfishly, as a member of ACUS, um, we had weekly calls. And um, I'm not too proud to say I was borrowing some best practices from anybody uh, and everybody around that table to try to help us return safely back to motorsports. And I think we did a decent job. Um, we were one of the early bellwethers. Uh, we got to go back uh, racing at Road, at, um, Road America in June for the June sprints. Um, and I'd like to think that we did uh, a good enough job to allow some additional racing to happen in June, July and August with our partners like IMSA and IndyCar and, and all the other folks that showed up there. So there was a lot of mutual sharing and collaboration that I don't think um, we would have been as successful in making it through this, this time of uh, virus warfare uh, without them. Well, that's, that's terrific. And I got to tell you, seeing the runoffs come off this year was fantastic. Seeing the solo nationals, the direct solo nationals canceled was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, uh, yes, sir. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Um, 
I, a lot of us aren't over it yet, Mike, but <laughs> it was the right thing to do, wasn't it? Yes, it was. We, you know, you have to, the number one uh, word in our mission is safe. And if we, we, we can't compete, if we can't keep people safe. And, and so we just had to make the hard call. We also wanted to maintain the safety of that site. There's very few places in North America where you can access a hundred acres of uh, uninhibited concrete to bring 1500 solo specialists in for a week of chaos. I mean, motorsports. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's, it, it's, it's a place that we, uh, we value and we didn't want to take any chances with our members or with, with, the, with the site. It was a good call. Uh, it's just, uh, there's a big chunk of our, uh, uh, I think, uh, institutional memory missing this year. Uh, I, I but thank you for doing the right thing. And uh, thank you to you and your team for being such great partners. Uh, I, would, I would like to say to everyone in motorsports, this is the longest standing relationship me and my company have had. It, it is at 38 years and counting as of uh, January when we go forward and my company has been involved in publishing with the SCCA since uh, December 18th, 1979. And before that, I was the editor of Sports Car Magazine. And uh, the people I, I met in this club literally made it possible for me to participate in motorsport. And uh, thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, and Tony Perella, you've had a heck of a year. Oh, we were bored. We had nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, we we come out of the year in better shape than I could have even hoped for. We left Sebring in February, and I was literally in the clouds. We had launched our app. We had launched live streaming. Transact was at a record car count. I mean, just flying, and it seemed like later. We got home, the world stopped. We have the fortunate position of not having a dollar of debt on the company or any big estate to manage. The real objective for me as a CEO was, can I put a plan together to keep the team fully employed and not pay anybody off under any set of circumstances? Because we really know what to expect. And so for a couple months, everybody was parked when the sun started to come out. Um, you want to make sure you're doing the safe thing, holding them, but yet not putting anybody at risk. And state by state had different jurisdiction or different levels of requirements to do what safe and trying to manage best practice. The, the biggest thing I learned was what I was fearful of was would the demand be there in a COVID environment? And what I learned was our numbers for entries were actually up in every race that we had. I think guys and gals were so fed up with being on that they needed to get out and go racing. But we wanted to make sure in spite of that, possible to keep people safe. And roller coaster. I mean, Watkins Glen is 20 minutes from my house right up until three weeks before the race, I thought we were going to hold it by working with the state. Yeah. Uh, have live testing on site. And you could get past the 14 day quarantine. It spent a fortune and a ton of time. And at the end of the day, we couldn't get what we needed for in writing. Same thing happened in Connecticut with last Here we are at Coda. I send a check because we're going to finish up this coming weekend in California and 
that certainly didn't work out as planned. So it's, um, in spite of it, we were able to the SCCA and get F3, FR and F4 uh, to work with us is something that we're gonna invest in in the future. Um, Trans Am is rocking. We, we got our app out and the numbers are off the charts. In spite of the brought in a bunch of new sponsors. So we were able to have a gate with the numbers were really respectable and we kept people safe. I don't know of person that got sick at one of our held. So I feel like we did job as possible. It certainly yeah. wasn't the I planned on way back in February, but I'm proud of my team and we kept everybody working. I, I, I give us a pretty high grade for and I'm I'm never been more bullish on racing or our business for next season. And and there certainly isn't any more certainty today for numbers, hospitalizations, and all that stuff com compared to um, you know where we were way back in February. So yeah. I, in spite of that, you know we're, we have the in our company's history planned for next year. If certain states it doesn't come together, we'll manage around it. But we're set up the way as good as we can be in this environment. Well, you know, and again, I'm so impressed too. You managed to uh, make a big move in bringing uh, Formula Four and Formula Regional Americas in during this time. Trans Am is obviously it's one of my favorite racing series. It's the first race I ever paid to myself to go and watch was the Trans Am race, uh, and I'm just very glad to see. Uh, uh, you carry this optimism in the coming year, and 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 thank you for your, uh, uh, you know, hard work and in, in, you know, putting such positivity out there in the world of motorsports. I appreciate it, Tony. Uh, thank you, Paul. Uh, I think I'm going to change up the question sets I was going to ask today because I've been reading some of the really good suggestions coming in on the chats here, and uh, uh, my friend Lynn St. James always has, has got a uh, you know something. Uh, Good to share here, and it's. I'm going to make a bigger question. Uh, this is going to have a, a couple of, uh, you know, uh, areas that we'll be talking about. But we're going into 2021, and I like to refer to it as the restart of our lifetimes. You know, racing did not decline at anything like the level of other sports in terms of ratings, audience, interest. We saw a massive increase in traffic on Racer.com. It carried through. I looked at the numbers this 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 morning. Uh, on November and, you know, we were not expecting November to be larger. It was over 700,000 unique visitors, uh, mostly from the U.S. And we beat the last November, which had the Penske announcement, big numbers uh, at, in a very strange year. And what I see here is this is a real chance to kind of reset the entire conversation about what motorsports is to a different generation, maybe that's now discovering it through esports which all of you have engaged in at some level here successfully. We see women moving to the forefront in every level of society. Uh, women were in front of me on the racetrack when I first started racing, so it's not a new thing. In the SCCA, women were out front a very long time ago. They were running regions. We had a, a woman uh, uh, CEO in this club not long ago. We had a woman chairman of the board, uh, but we see uh, inclusion uh, as one of the great opportunities for motorsports, uh, racial diversity, uh, basic cultural diversity and gender diversity in the sport. Let's just talk about what we've got in front of us in this restart of a lifetime. And I, I want to, you know, go to, uh, you know, 
John Doonan again on this one because you, you maybe have the biggest footprint of all, all of us. What are you doing there? Well, it's a terrific question from Lynn, uh, who's done a lot for our sport as well. Back in late September, early October, just talking about growing the sport, uh, Mike Cobb and, and his organization and IMSA executed an agreement with that exact uh, focus in mind. And that is, how do we grow the next pipeline uh, of participant, of enthusiast, uh, of fan, um, and educate them on what the sport's all about, back to your elevator speech, and give them an opportunity to sample it at Mike's uh, entry points, like Track Night in America, for example, yeah. but then they may Big have program. aspirations to grow to the professional levels of the sport. Um, from there, I think you mentioned uh, eSports. That obviously was a huge benefit to keep racing alive in the hearts and the minds of our, our audience. Um, and that young audience, a year ago when I had the opportunity to um, get this new, this new role, that's one of the things that's it's primary on my mind, not just the eSports part of it, but identifying the next generation of audience and how do we engage with uh, that younger younger demographic. Um, we are focused on that at IMSA. Uh, something near and dear to my, my heart is things like STEM education. We need to get our content, the race cars, the talented engineers, the talented drivers uh, in front of that next generation of audience to help them realize what they're learning in the classroom is relative, uh, very relative to re real world applications and there's many jobs and opportunities. You said, Paul, your, your career has been defined by this, this sport and we need to provide that opportunity. And I think last and certainly not least is the diversity inclusion piece. Uh, obviously our world was rocked by a lot of different uh, stories in 2020 and clearly diversity and inclusion um, rose to the, to the top uh, in the midst of the pandemic. And I think whatever we do, as a sport, uh, and we're, we're definitely focused on that, is we need to do things that are sustainable. Programs that, similar to STEM, give people a picture of what's possible in this sport, regardless of race or, or any other uh, particular category. Um, we have folks, uh, as, as IMSA, the international motorsports, we have people from all over the world to compete. But right here in the US, we need to give opportunities for young talent be it drivers, be it team owners, be it engineers, be it mechanics, uh, to see an opportunity in the sport, know that it's there for everybody, and uh, put resource behind it so that there's programs in place that are sustainable and real and they're authentic. It's not just a, a checking the box exercise. And I think uh, there's some news coming on the IMSA side, um, both in, in terms of female uh, participation and, and young driver and team talent that are gonna show that uh, authentically. Well, that's great news, John. And, and I know just from our personal conversations over many, many years now, this is in your heart. This is not something you're, this is something you care about and have cared about for a very long time. So, yeah. uh, you know, kudos to you and Ed Bennett and Jim France and the entire team at IMSA for doing this. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think Greg Gill, you, well, I think many of our conversations are about our children between you and me. We, we're very proud of our kids and uh, I follow your kids with great interest. And, and, Likewise. and, and uh, 
you have such a sexy sport there for young people. They look at that. It's got to pop their eyes out when they see uh, uh, what SRO does around the world. And, and uh, it's been gamified. You've done a lot of things already. But tell us about what's your vision? How do you, because uh, I know this has been a focus of yours for a very long time, too. And, well, and I think um, I'm going to I'm going to out John Doonan in a way that I hope is is seen as positive that, you know, when John and I uh, and that should get everybody's attention, 224 folks or whatever's listening currently. But when John and I attended with ACUS for the every two year, a, a, you know, trip to to uh, Washington, D.C. and to meet with different people, I got to see John putting where he had already done involved at that time with with Mazda and working with a, a American veteran uh, and what they were racing and bringing that individual in and and that was my first time working with him. anybody in the industry knows who I'm talking about but I think he would prefer just to be known as a racer uh, but I saw John's heart and you know quickly making sure that individual was seated properly taken care of properly and I saw that heart and it just reminded me at that time and again I'm sure Tony and Mike and I know you are Paul in the same way this thing that we learned this year, and we saw the ugliness that was in our culture, we saw things that just broke our hearts. None of us would say, gee, I'm really happy that happened. No, we realized there are things that are broken that need to be fixed. And it's individual. As I've explained to people, regardless of your political stripe or interest, we all came back and said, what can I do differently? And I'll, I'll answer the question. We talk about diversity. There was another one that hit that was always a well, it's not my backyard, I don't have to think about it. And that was how do we deal climate change and some of these other things that are simply facts. And I can remember Stefan Rattel saying at one event he came over for, and again, this year he hadn't been able to attend except for Indy, but otherwise he's at you know two thirds of our events with us. And he said, guys, I don't wanna argue with you. I just wanna tell you, you know, I like to go skiing and where I go skiing, there's a glacier. And that glacier is you know 230 yards further away than it used to be. Now say what you want, we got a big problem. We need to pay attention to that. Uh, so now we're working on that and you'll see announcements in the coming days to bring ourselves yeah. to carbon neutral. That to me was the macro. Now, what do we get to the micro? What do we get to the you and me? How are we dealing with that individually? I think John touched on those things. I think honestly, you know, we're all engineering driven. So STEM's a natural. Well, what are you doing about the liberal arts majors? What are you doing about the other folks? What are you doing at the elementary school level where you know we're pushing kids? They're not all going to be engineers and they're not all going to be people who want to work on a production line somewhere. They're going to be artists. I think you might have one of those in your house. Uh, yeah, I have a I couple do. of them. Uh, and so, you know, what do we tell those folks about a career in motorsport? And then what do we do to demonstrate that it's not something I've always spoken about, the Special Equipment Association or Speed Equipment Association in its heyday, uh, and I called it the legal old fat white guys. And I said, I'm the, I'm the chairman of it. Uh, I, we don't need to continue that. And we need to show the diversity. And I think SEMA's done a fantastic job of showing the diversity. And we need to do the same thing, not just talk about our programs, but when folks look at God willing, next time we all do this, they see a woman on this panel, they see a person of color on this panel, then, then we'll be going the right direction. Uh, and I think that you know, you'll see actions like John talked about their announcements, we'll be having some ones, but we view this as a, uh, one of our board members said to me, Bob Woodhouse, that you know, who do we wanna be known as? Who do we wanna be? And I think that expresses it. I think all of us are answering that question now. We saw some things here in America that we didn't want to be. We don't want to be known that way. And we want to change. And we're all seeking how to show that. And I think in 2021, you're going to see that. Some very practical things, STEM programs, getting into the communities yeah. when we're out doing the outreaches, the things that Mike talked about. But 
I think each of us has to answer those questions. And I think also just the welcoming nature of your paddock historically and, you know, it just, and the diversity I've already seen in your paddock speaks volumes. It's just, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, I, I think it's a great example. And, and you know, uh, sports car racing's a, you know, a video game come to life, basically. I think it's a great way to engage young people. Um, thank you, Greg. And, and thank you for being my friend through all these uh, ups and downs we've experienced in this business. Uh, I, I want to go over to Tony Perella and, and, you know, Tony, your environment is particularly welcoming to families and young people. And, and uh, I know you've just uh, taken controls of a, a, a racing series that is to nurture young talent. Want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I think what I'm most excited about leaving this year is that uh, 2021 should provide for us working with young kids that are just getting started. Um, we have an FRA and F4 working with FRA Pro. This gives us an opportunity to do a couple things. On the diversity front, uh, John Claggett is working with Trans Am for TA2, and I'm heading up finding a kid to sponsor a ride in an F4 ride that will pay. We'll waive all the entry fees. We'll lean on the sponsors for tire and gas to make it as affordable as possible to race one F4 FRA and one TA2 car. That's in the middle of putting together a formal process and program, which I'm excited about. But I'm I'm equally excited at our at our home, the first uh, winter cup race in February. FRA and F4. It's an optional race. What I'm most excited about is I get to work with these kids and we're going to do a classroom setting of how to raise sponsorship, how to leverage the paddock and teach these kids approach businesses and, and business owners to raise money in racing. And it's a skill set that they can use, frankly, anywhere in their life, whether they become professional racers. So that, that part of it Personally, um, you know, the vintage crowd is an older, well-established crowd. I'm not going to teach those folks a whole lot. The TA guys are kind of mid. But to have a chance to raise in kids and hopefully make an impression, um, that's really got me excited for next year. And I have to say one thing, too. You know, you have a great champion in Amy Ruman. Um who is one competitive race car driver, very, very good and, and you know, very professional in how she carries herself and, and you know, forgive me for saying it, she's a badass on the racetrack. She's really good. <laughs> and uh, So uh, I think you've already got a living example of what's possible within your sport. And I commend you and everyone, uh, and, you know, John Claggett and the team at Trans Am doing a spectacular job. So thank you, Tony. And, I want to bring it home uh, to where I started was with the Sports Car Club of America, the gateway to motorsports for so many of us. And uh, Mike, I know you're. This is something that's at the forefront of your thinking. These very things we're talking about now. So you want to kind of sum it up for us and bring it home? Yeah, I can just share just a couple of thoughts from uh, through the SCCA lens. First, a quick build on uh, uh, Tony's comments on on F four. Just uh, uh, for context, the um, U.S. F4 champion that was just crowned is the youngest F4 driver with the FIA World Championship Series in history. Hunter Yaney is his name and uh, um, started out in karting. And there you go, 15 years old and already standing on top of the podium as a world champion. So 
Um, you know, I think the, the intersection of diversity, inclusion, and access are interrelated. And, uh, you know, a couple of things that we're trying to do um, at the SCCA to really kind of broaden, to really kind of move the ball downfield on both fronts is a couple of programs that we're actually running through our SCCA foundation. One is called Vet Motorsports, where we yeah. basically take veterans um, who have suffered um, some form of military trauma. Uh, they, might have, uh, they might be suffering PTSD. They might be, um, have suffered a loss of limb. They might be suffering uh, a, a host of maladies. Um, but the, the job is to get them in a car. The job is to get them re-engaged in life. The job is to get them out of that negative thing that's going on in their head and get them into a positive thing like hauling hauling tail around a solo course or serving as a volunteer or a crew member on a road racing team. It really doesn't matter what, what the um, uh, access point is. What matters is that we provide them that access point. So that's a, that's a great program that I'm pretty passionate about. Uh, another program I'm pretty passionate about that, we've, that actually is a little bit uh, longer uh, in duration is our uh, SCCA Women on Track program. Uh, which was actually started in the solo community to get more women engaged and involved in SCCA solo. But uh, if you're uh, walking around the SCCA National Championship runoff paddock area, you're probably going to see quite a few women on track bumper stickers on cars as well right now. So we're trying our, our best to fan the, the fires behind that initiative to drive that not only from solo to road racing, but across anything that we touch that provides an access point to motorsports. And the last thing, just real quick, in terms of access to motorsports, we launched Track Night in America uh, five years ago. Uh, so we and we've gone from zero to over fifty thousand participants in that time period in terms of total number of participants. And the mission of Track Night in America was really to lower the access barriers um, to not require license. Um, Sometimes we even allow folks to participate with a weekend membership instead of a full membership. And here's the cool thing that's going on with Track Night in America. Um, number one, um, about half of the folks who show up are not SCCA members. Yeah. So if we're not serving those we're already serving, whom we love serving, by the way. Nobody sent me an angry email. But we're trying to adopt new folks and engage new folks and bring them into the family of motorsports. Number two, about 20% of that population is totally net new to motorsports period, regardless of any previous sanctioning body experience. So these are the folks, you talk about the graying of motorsports. Um, these, are, these are not <laughs> the graying of motorsport like me. Um, <laughs> like me. <laughs> if you look at the, the bell curve of participation, when you rack and stack 40, 50,000 plus participants, over a third of those participants are in the 25 to 35 age demographic. Yes. And so it's moving the needle with bringing some younger folks, uh, the younger demographic to the motorsports industry. And from an experience, we started off talking about delivering experiences that folks remember. It's one of the highest rated overall experience programs that we have in the SCCA. And, um, we do about 150 uh, events a year um, in a good year. We didn't get to do 150 this year, but I guarantee you we're going to be back at 150 next year. Well, that's fantastic. And Mike, you know, I was sitting in this very conference room where I'm, I'm broadcasting from now or Zoom casting from now when Hayward Wagner presented <laughs> uh, 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 this to, I think, John, you were in the room with us at that time, the idea of Track Night in America. And uh, wow, what a great 
success story that is. And kudos to you and the entire team. And this is exactly, you know, personally, this is exactly what we need as a sport because we're incubating the people with passion that will drive the rest of these businesses. And, and uh, I, I, I commend you and everyone in the club. And, the, you know, I think all of these businesses are powered by passion. Uh, uh, that's what we all have in common. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're near the end of our time here. But uh, I want to just go around the, uh, the, as we close out and just uh, tell me who, who you, you're inspired by in, in, in life and in business. One name and, and we'll, just, we'll check out. Mike, you first. Well, I'm sorry. I, I, I started my, day, my week yesterday with Roger Penske and I was, uh, I was on fire after that. So, um, I mean, I love the family that's around this round table. You know, I always told my kids as they're growing up, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, I'm excited about my future based on the friends that are around me right now. But I have to say the captain is one of uh, one of my pinnacle heroes. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, how about you, uh, Greg Gill? Oh yeah, that's easy. Um, and it's because I'm, I'm, I'm a history buff. Uh, so it's uh, a guy named Lord Nelson that fought a battle called Trafalgar. He, uh, yeah. he died at the end of it. And his last words were, thank God I've done my duty. Each morning I wake up and I think, what am I here to do for the people that I'm here to serve? That's a really great thought and, and a big one. Thank you very much, Greg. And thanks for being my friend. Uh, and over to you, Tony Perella. I would have to say, uh, obviously, Roger, but I, I, I'll go a history vintage. I'm going to go with Wally Parks. He took a, ah. a concept that was a grassroots fun thing that a lot of us did, kids, and turned it into a national business. And, you know, if I can pattern some of his accomplishments into what we're doing, I'll go with Mr. Wally Parks. Well, that's a great one. Uh, I think a lot of us feel very, very much like that about Wally and what he did overall for motorsports too. Um, he legitimized us. <laughs> and how about you, John Doonan? Well, I'm going to take two fronts. Uh, I think what inspires me right now is, is the upcoming generation, the younger generation. I think we got a lot of positive momentum coming our way because of the energy and the excitement and the passion of of the young talent coming up, not just in racing, but I think the young people have a lot of faith in, in, in the young people coming up. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, from a racing side, uh, not, not self-serving, but John Bishop and, and the establishment that yeah. he and the France family did, uh, you know, to, to establish IMSA. I promised uh, Mr. France and, and Mitch Bishop, uh, John and Peggy's son, that I would try to operate this organization in the same base foundational values that they established it in. And that's the goal, uh, working as, as Mike said, uh, with, with great friends and great partners in the industry uh, to try to grow our sport together. And that's really the key is trying to work together, whether it's rules, whether it's uh, sharing events and schedules and doing our part to try to grow the sport. Well, that's a great way to end this, John. And that's the that's the mission of this uh, this week. Uh, you know, Epar Trade has put this together to bring us together. And I thank all of you for being with us today. This has really been fun. And I thank the uh, people who uh, submitted some questions that were good ones, uh, good good topics here today as well. On to you, uh, uh, Francisque and John. Uh, I, this has been a pleasure. Well, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. What a great session. What an honor to have you. Uh, uh, with us. 
stay please we're going to move you back as panelists so that way uh, you can join again anytime you want for the following sessions tomorrow uh, as well as uh, up, up to friday so stay with us one second while john and paul uh you know, kind of share the, their thoughts and what's coming next so we're going to take care of that and bring the next uh, uh panelist with us Great. so john Thank on to you, you. All right. First of all, you know, uh, we're in the parts business here uh, at EPAR Trade. And I just want to remind everybody for a second, how many parts are sold into that group represented by that sanctioning body, by those sanctioning bodies? I mean, that's a ton of parts from high end, pushing the envelope technology down to grassroots. And then even in vintage racing, which is vintage cars everywhere racing, and uh, the parts are not always old. So some of the parts from the brakes and plumbing were bought yesterday. So uh, I, I, you know, thank you, Paul, for organizing that panel because for, for making the racing industry go around, th those four, four guys represent a lot of parts sales. You sure do. And thank you, John. And I'm looking forward to the rest of today and I'll see all of you a little later. Registering on EPAR trade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.